Hey, it's John Lee Dumas of EO Fire, and it's The Entrepreneurial You, the show for dedicated and passionate Caribbean entrepreneurs seeking daily inspiration, brought to you by author, speaker, and award-winning entrepreneur, Henneka Watkins-Porter. You must be prepared to ignite. No one has ever achieved financial fitness with a January resolution that's abandoned by February. Susie Orman. Greetings, everybody. How are you today? Well, my name is Henika Watkins-Porter and welcome to episode 97 of the Entrepreneurial You podcast. Today's episode is with Jared Latigo, a corporate change consultant that provides in-person trainings for companies to help them build the best possible workplace. Jared teaches on soft skills, topics like the entrepreneur mindset, financial wellness, and lifestyle alignment. Today, we are going to be talking about financial tips to successfully launch your startup. Welcome to the Entrepreneurial You podcast, Jared. Yeah, thanks for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. So before we head into our conversation, I have a fun question for you. Well, not really fun necessarily, but have you ever been to Jamaica? Uh, I have been to Jamaica. Yay! And yes. what stood out most for you whilst you were here? Um, well, it was actually on a on my honeymoon, the cruise. Um, so we stopped in. I don't remember what the actual city was. Um, the thing that stood out to me the most we had we did a, an excursion where we drove around to through some of the country there, and um, I was. I guess um, having never been to another country like that, I was just kind of surprised at the culture and the simplicity of things, I guess. Um, it just kind of seemed very uh, like everybody did their own thing and was like willing to work for what they had and, you know, just simple. You know, it wasn't so rushed as um, as it is around here where I'm at. So. It's it's kind of pretty much like that. It's Caribbean lifestyle. It's a little more easygoing, and um, yeah, it is. But you do have like you know, like anywhere else and everywhere else, you do have a, a variety and a mixture of cultural dynamics and stuff. So yeah. Oh, and I will say the food we had, the food was delicious. I do remember that we had um, jerk chicken. That was the first time that I had it, and they cooked it like on a maybe it was like on a beach somewhere, like in a cove somewhere, and it, they kind of did like a um, beachside cook thing and it was it was delicious okay awesome i'm glad you had that experience of food you can't come <laughs> to jamaica and not experience the food so i'm happy for that so now right. it's time for us to move into our real conversation which is to talk about financial tips to successfully launch your startup now i want you to share jared a little of your backstory your journey because i was watching a video which on youtube which is pretty pretty funny the way it was brought across so i'd love you to share that story that backstory of your journey and then we can move into um financial tips sure um so i'll keep it as brief as possible um Back, uh, our, our financial part of the story started back in 2010 and we, uh, we had, you know, a typical house in the city and had typical credit card debt and student loans and kind of got to the end of our rope. Um, our air conditioner went out. We spent the last $1,500 in our, uh, to our name really, uh, to fix it. And at that point we were paycheck to paycheck and I was like, I'm done messing with this. 
Um, this is not cool. And I had just launched my, I guess, officially gone out on my own, um, not even a year before that, uh, to do freelance web design. And my wife had uh, recently quit her full time and was part time because we, um, after she'd had our son. So he was, he was one at the time that this happened. And, um, we were just like, you know what, we got to fix something. And so we, uh, got on the Dave Ramsey financial peace plan, started working that and 14 months in a lot of selling stuff and not doing anything. Um, we paid off $34,000 in the 14 months. And, uh, at that point we were, we had started to kind of save up a little bit of money and, um, we did it on a moderate income. We weren't making a lot of money. Um, so it's, it's definitely doable on almost any income if you put your mind to it. That's the biggest thing is just sticking with it. And so once we got to that point, uh, we were debt free. We ended up staying in the house for a couple of years after that. Um, we had, uh, actually we were in the house for, I guess about three more years. Um, we had our other son. Um, and not long after that, we decided we were going to, uh, we were going to actually sell the house and downsize. And so that was the last of our debt. We got rid of the house. We had about a hundred thousand on it. We sold that and we built a smaller place out, um, on some family land and paid cash for it. And so that completely annihilated all of our debt. And what that did was give me the opportunity to, um, explore really what I wanted my business to be and what we wanted our life to look like and not have so much going out the door so that I'm not having to, you know, run a full-time job while I'm doing something on the side. Um, it just gave us the freedom that we needed to really do what we felt we needed to. Um, and so since then it's been uh, a journey, of course, everything's a journey, but, um, but things are definitely taking a turn, you know, in the direction I need them to go now and, uh, just staying debt free and liking living in the country and, it's been great. So that's kind of it in a nutshell. Mm. Uh, you talk about downsizing, you know, a lot of even the, these financial decisions that we make are so culturally um, based, you know, because when I think about downsizing, many persons have a hard time, you know, switching from a larger car to a smaller one or from a larger host to a bigger host, because it's all about, you know, what people are thinking and, you know, what people are going to say and, and all of that. And you're so concerned about that. So was, was, was there any of that for you whilst you're doing that downsizing thing and shifting up things a bit? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and this is strictly, uh, you know, it depends on where you're at in the world. Um, so we had a YouTube video that went viral, um, that was on a, another channel um, and it was about this story. And the thing was that everyone in the United States and, uh, you know, some of the other countries that have like the kind of typical so-called larger houses, um, you know, and I'm speaking, uh, you know, 1800, 2000 square foot house, not a, not uh, enormous by any means, but they understood this story so much differently, um, a different perspective than, you know, the, uh, countries that have, you know, a a thousand square foot is a large house, which is what we're in now is a thousand square foot. So the, the answer that I had for that was, well, if you decided that you were going to downsize and you took and cut all of your possessions and your house size in half, it's going to be crazy hard to do regardless of how big your house is. Um, so, you know, that, and that was where we were at. We sold about 60% of our stuff. Um, we went from a 1800 square foot house with a, with a garage and everything down to a thousand square foot with no garage. So it was like, 
you know, cutting everything in half or a little bit more even. Um, and so I would say like that, that, that experience right there did cause some people to say, why are you doing this? Like, what's the deal? You know, you have this nice place. Like, why are you doing that? And the thing for us was that we needed more, uh, not just, we didn't need the material space, like the actual space in the home. We needed our mental space and what that having the extra stuff and the extra space in the house was really taking away from the lifestyle that we wanted to build. Um, so we had to, we did have to address that. Some people like, Oh, I could never do that. So I didn't ask you to do that. (laughs) This is our life. (laughs) So that was kind of the answer to it was, you know, if you're going to cut it in half, it's going to be difficult, uh, regardless. And I I never expect anyone to do what I do. It's, this was our story and yours is going to look completely different. You know, it's important in what you just said that it was a mind space for you that was critical, you know, because Mm. I used to say that I always say that anything that costs my peace of mind is really too costly. And um, it's very important to have that peace of mind. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. Let's talk a little bit now about some tips that we can, as startup entrepreneurs, implement and make sure that we, you know, we are guided by so that we launch successfully, um, have a solid financial plan. Sure. So the first thing that um, you learn when you're really understanding finances is living within your means. And the concept is foreign to some people, um, particularly where, you know, I am here in America. We have, you know, it's land of plenty, blah, 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 all these different things. Right. But really, it's not because a lot of people um, have plenty of stuff and really can't afford the plenty of stuff. They're, you know, living off credit or they're, you know, making 100000 and somehow spending 110000 every year or whatever it is, you know, Um there is such freedom and such an important, um, I don't know the word emphasis, I guess on if you will, particularly if you're doing a startup or trying to start a business or something where you really need to understand the necessities of things and living strictly within what you're able to bring in to your house and not, you know, taking on a 50000 or $500,000 loan or whatever it may be to start this business, right? I've now run and coordinated 14 financial peace classes. Uh, we've seen probably, mm, I would say, at least 50 families um, through those courses. And almost every single one of them comes into that course. I would say probably 80% of them come into that course not really understanding the concept of not borrowing money for something, a handful of them are half a million dollars in debt because they were trying to start a business. And so they kept taking on debt, taking on debt, buying, you know, machinery or buying different things that they needed for a job. And then the job would go away or they needed it for, you know, one specific project. And then that project never comes up again. I mean, there's just so many things that people take on that it's just such a risk. So living within your means for internet terms, you know, is, uh, bootstrapping your business basically. Um, and that's what I've always done. I've never borrowed against my business or borrowed against my house to fund my business or anything like that. It's always just been whatever cash I have on hand is what I'm going to figure out how to use that to, you know, further my business. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that too will, you know, of course affects your cash flow, how you manage your cash flow, um, make, yeah, making sure that, you know, you're not, because sometimes we are, we're making the 
the revenue, you know, we're earning the income, but you find that the money isn't coming in as fast as it's going out, right? And so you need to manage that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where a budget comes in, right? So that's step two. You know, you live within your means and you figure out, okay, I have this much money coming in. What am I going to do with it? And then you're budgeting and you're budgeting your uh, everything down to the dollar and saying, okay, I have this much, you know, if we're looking for from a business standpoint, you have to say, I have this much for marketing. I have this much for, um, you know, my monthly expenses of things I have to have, whether it's software, hardware, you know, uh, printing services, whatever it is. Um, and you budget all that stuff out and you figure out how, how strapped down you can strap your budget and get by on what money you have coming in. Um, and not, you know, going above and beyond that, if at all possible, because then you're just adding extra stress to yourself for really no reason, because you, you can, there's so many things that are possible to do now for, you know, five, 10, 50 bucks online that may require a little more work on your part, but it's going to save you a lot of time and money in the long run. Share with us your other tips as you, you know, as you see fit. Living within your means, number one, working on a zero-based budget, which is basically what we just talked about, figuring out where every single dollar is going and uh, really deciding what your priorities are within your business. Um, number three, you got to quit borrowing money. You got to quit digging yourself deeper, right? If you do those first two, you're naturally going to quit digging a hole because if you start putting a number to it and you start literally looking at it and saying, um, I owe somebody $50,000 or I owe somebody $500,000, you know, that's a big number. Like any way you look at it, it's a big number and it causes you more stress than you probably think, you know? Um, so quit borrowing money. Uh, number four is going to be... How about tracking your time? Yeah, because time is money, they say. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that, that's actually a really good one to put in there. Um, that is extremely important to budget your time as well. Um, I have done a terrible job in the past of keeping a calendar and keeping, you know, set hours and whatnot. Uh, but the last probably eight months or a year, um, I've done a better job of it. And uh, it's it's changed the way that my family dynamic has worked as well as my business dynamic, because now I can say to my wife, like, this is my calendar. You know where I'm going to be. Um, you know what my hours look like. And, you know, yes, that can change. It's not set in stone by any means, but this is our guideline, you know, and she knows that, you know, if I have a meeting coming up, then obviously, you know, I need time to prepare for it. And I need, you know, time after that kind of thing. And so we kind of work our, um, our lives around that. But yeah, it absolutely looks more professional too to someone when you're going into a business and they say, oh, well, can you come in and, and help us with this or whatever? And you pull out your, you know, it's going to be on your phone or whatever, your paper calendar, if you want to keep one of those. And you say, I have this time, this time, and this time available. Instead of just, oh, whenever it works for you. Um, that sends a different message, right? The message is, uh, I don't really have anything going on except for you. And so then you kind of look like you don't desperate. really have any. Yeah, you're desperate. Yeah, kind of desperate. <laughs> um, as opposed to, I have this time, this time, and this time. And, you know, uh, I, I can modify things if I need to, but I try to stick within those bounds. And so then it looks like you really know what you're doing. You got other clients you're dealing with. You have other things going on. And you're budgeting those hours that you have in a week because no one cre can create time. You only have a set amount of minutes and hours per week. And so if you budget that, it, it does 
tend to lend itself to creating more money. Exactly. And I normally say that you don't manage time, you manage yourself because um, we all have this 24 hours in a day and this is how we use it and how we manage ourselves to use it. That's what makes a difference. And I find too, you know, even as we, you know, budget our time for even external activities and stuff, even the very thing that we do in our businesses, because in the beginning, as when you're operating your startup, when you're just going to be launching, it is easy for you to spend all the time in the world trying to do research, doing all researching all kinds of things when you need to also spend time on the marketing of your, you know, your startup once, you know, pre-launch, you need to spend time doing all these other things. But sometimes depending on what we, we, we are most, and in the beginning, we don't really have the team that we need for some people, right? So depending on what you're naturally passionate about and naturally good at, you will tend to spend all your time or want to spend all your time doing those things when there are other crucial things that, that are to be done or, or even if you're not yourself doing it, but you need to allocate, okay, how much time I'm going to spend to find the person that is ideal to get this done. Right. Yeah. Delegation is huge for entrepreneurs and it's hard for us. You know, this is our baby that we're creating and <laughs> we don't want to, uh, we don't want to give up control of that, you know, but if you're not willing to give up control of certain pieces of it, then you're going to strap yourself down to the point where you're constantly working in the business instead of on it. And that is something that, you know, as you, any book you read, any, um, course you take, you know, podcast you listen to, like that's going to be probably one of the number one things that is, is going to come out of it consistently, not in every episode or anything like that, or every book, but is that figuring out how you can delegate so that you can grow beyond your job. And, um, you know, I think, uh, Seth Godin makes that distinction pretty well between the freelancer versus the entrepreneur. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. Yeah. I've had Seth on this um, program as well. So yeah. Yeah. I saw that. <laughs> Very cool. He's a huge, I'm a huge fan of Seth Godin. I think his work yeah. is incredible. Um, his new book is awesome. Yeah, the, this is marketing. Yeah. This is marketing. Yeah. It's amazing. So, yeah. And you know, it's actually interesting that you were mentioning delegation and I'm, I know this is one of, this is a tip because once we are able to free our time, because time is money and we free up ourselves to do other things that we're good at and, you know, we should be doing to make the, the business um, grow. Then we find other people to do the other things that we're not good at. That is also saving us money because our time will be more, you know, um, is, is valuable. So, and I also have an episode coming up on delegating as well. So that is, oh, cool. yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty cool. Any other Very tips cool. that you want to share with us? Yeah. So the biggest thing that, and this is not this, and I didn't mention this at the beginning because it's not necessarily financial. This is really a life thing. And this is where, um, this is what changed our life and sent it in the direction that it did. And that's, the whole like lifestyle alignment stuff, which is basically vision casting. And if you can figure out what you really want your life to look like or your business to look like, then you can decide what are those priority items that you're going to do that's going to feed into that bigger vision. And it just kind of removes all of the extraneous random things that pop into our life. Um, because every single time now when something comes up, an opportunity comes up, I can look at my vision and I can say, this fits my vision or this doesn't. 
And it's a distinction between those things that are going to feed into my overall bigger life goal or bigger business goal um, and those that aren't going to feed into it. And so it saves me time. It saves me money because then I'm not, you know, the typical online entrepreneur that I was for a very long time where I'm just biting on every single thing that comes my way. Oh my gosh, um, I can so relate to that. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah. But if you have that vision established and you say, this is what my life is going to look like and this is what my business is going to look like, then there's no question. Like you can change that vision if you want. Absolutely, it's yours. But typically that's what you want. And so you're going to only do things that are feeding into that. And I think that is the bigger overarching thing of that everyone forgets, especially as an entrepreneur, we start working on our business and you know doing all these things and we forget the bigger goal. Yeah. You know, it was so um, for me at the beginning that, you know, <laughs> oh gosh, I look back now and I'm like, oh my gosh, all the time that I've wasted. Yeah. Mm. Well, I guess it's a lesson learned because right. you, you see these opportunities and like, oh my gosh, you're so interesting. Or it's, it's mar- and you chalk down everything to marketing and PR and you, you know, oh, this would be good for me if I go to this event or it would be good for me if I speak here or something. But then all of those things begin now begin to add up. And you say, oh, but, you know, I'm spending so much time here when time really is money. And at the end of the day, you know, it may not be a direct financial tip, but it is aligned and, you know, totally aligned to how your finances are going to be in the end. Because if you are spending the time focused on other things outside of your purpose, outside of your vision, then best believe that you're not going to be seeing that um, money um, coming in for your startup. You know, and even the the things that you're doing, maybe you're you're running a startup part time, and you're you know you you're not going to be able to fully be in your business. The things that you're doing leading up to launching, the things that you're aligning with, you know, the brand that you're building, it is very very critical so that you have, as you put it, lifestyle alignment, you know, or vision casting. So so far, so far, my peak performers. You've heard Jared Latigo, and that's my guest here. And he's talked about the things that, you know, some tips that we can just think about and implement for a successful startup launch. And some of these are not necessarily for the very, um, the launch part of it. It, it, it is absolutely less necessary for beyond the launch, which and I'm going to run through them. Um, living within your means. That's very critical. You need to budget the items, right? Each item to manage your cash flow. Decide to quit borrowing or don't start to borrow if you don't have to borrow. You know, some, your situation might be different. It could be that you need to get a business loan, but let not that, let that not be your very, very first option. Let be that the, that is the last resort, right? Um, budget your time as well. And even as you budget your money, delegate, delegate, delegate. And I need to be delegating some more. So let me just put that out there and have a lifestyle alignment and cast a vision, get your vision board done. It's very important because, you know, some of the things that I'm accomplishing now and the things that I've always wanted to do. And I look just yesterday, I looked at my vision board and something in particular just jumped out at me. I'm like, whoa, I didn't even realize that that was on my vision board. I remember that it was on my vision board and it just pops at me like, whoa, you know, mission accomplished. So those things are very, very key. And I'm going to ask you, Jared, if there are any final thoughts you want to share um, regarding financial planning for or startups? You know, the thing that I always close with on pretty much, I try to close with it on some videos that we do and, and I try to do it in my speeches and that kind of stuff. Um, 
I always close with three words and it's do what matters. And I think that if you really look at those things that matter in your life and you will do those things, then you'll understand and you'll be able to work toward, you know, what your future is going to look like. And that boils down to everything from in your spending habits to your decisions with, you know, what podcast you're going to promote on or, um, what articles you're going to write for publications or what businesses you're going to approach. I mean, if you're focused on what matters and you're focused on, uh, who matters, you know, um, it, it just clarifies everything for you. Do what matters. How can my peak performers get in touch with you, Jared? Uh, best way to do that is on my website, jaredlatigo.com. And I pretty much have everything there. So you can access YouTube, email list, whatever. It's all there. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure having you on this podcast episode. It's episode 97. And I wish you every success in your business. Yeah, you too. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you, my P-Performers, for tuning in to this episode with Jared Latico. I look forward to connecting with you next week. And in the meantime, I just ask a little favor of you to rate, review, and subscribe to the Entrepreneurial You podcast if you've not yet done so. Remember, you were born to win, but to be a winner, you must plan to win, prepare to win, and expect to win. What good? As you know, it does take work to produce one 30-minute podcast episode, which is a joy for me. Perhaps you're wondering if you could contribute to this work, and the answer is yes. For as little as $2 per month, you can make a contribution to go a far way. Go to patreon.com slash T-E-Y, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash T-E-Y. And there are perks awaiting you right there. So thank you so much. I'm looking forward to your support.